All right, we've been talking a lot about black doctors and how important black doctors are and reducing infant mortality rates uh, with black babies. So now we're gonna talk to a black doctor. <laughs> Joining me this morning is Dr. Brian Sims. He is a neonatologist and associate professor of pediatrics, neurobiology and cell at the University of Alabama at Birmingham. Good morning, Dr. Sims. Good morning. All right, we've been talking a lot about this study uh, that Dr. Greenwood and, and his colleague produced, tracking uh, numbers about black mortality rates, uh, black baby mortality rates. Any surprises for you when you read this study or are studies like it? Uh, well, <clears throat> I think the thing that, that stands out is it, it highlights the fact that these tough questions are being asked now. Uh, I think a lot of things that have been present, the infant mortality rate with black babies in the state of Alabama, it has been staggering for, for many, many years. And it's something that uh, there are active campaigns, but it's, it's no surprise. I think the surprise came, uh, no one has really asked the question to this point, if the race of the physician impacts the outcome of the babies. And I think that was a, a bit of a surprise. Wow. Okay. So as far as you know, there had not been a study done before that looked at infant mortality rates of black babies and then looked at the race of the caring physician. Correct. This study, uh, Dr. Greenwood uh, talked about earlier, it looked at 1.8 million uh, births. And that's that's probably the largest study that's been done and and, and digging into the, the profile of the physician. I, I think this is one of the first of its kind to, to highlight these findings. Wow, and definitely shocking uh, to me as well. One, the, the mortality rates were shocking, but then to read, as you just said, a conclusion of the study that black babies do better when cared for by black doctors. Now we heard Dr. Greenwood said that is not a rallying call for black pregnant women to go out to try to find black you know, physicians, but I can't help but think that a lot of people are going to feel like that's what they need to do to save their babies' lives. Can you Can you help us uh, understand, you know, what a black mother should be thinking about, uh, you know, when she reads Dr. Greenwood's study. Well, I think the first thing that I would recommend for anyone that's having a, a, a child and, and they have concerns is to find an excellent physician. I think one thing that I would say for medicine in general is medicine should be similar to justice. It should be blind. Excellence should not be compromised based on the color of the patient. I think good doctors don't mind questions. So if you have questions of your uh, physician, if you have questions, whether it's an obstetrician, a neonatologist, a pediatrician, no good doctor minds taking time to make you feel comfortable about the treatment that they are prescribing for your, your child. So if, if the uh, thing that'll help you feel better is more communication, I think that's where all doctors should work to maximize uh, the, the interaction between their patient and themselves to make their patients feel as comfortable as possible. Because excellence to me should not be uh, something that you only get from a black doctor. I think that's something that should be demanded by all patients that they're taken seriously. And I think the medical field has to be held to a high standard. And if 
if black doctors, for instance, are doing something to the point that others may learn from, I think it's okay for us to learn from each other and extract the goodness that some people do better than others. I think we all need to learn from each other. So doctor, we heard uh, Professor Greenwood talk about that study that was done or that survey that was done with those Virginia uh, med students. What are some of the stereotypes that you have witnessed yourself in the practice of medicine that you think, uh, you know, impact the way non-Black doctors deliver care? Are there any misconceptions or stereotypes that you see frequently uh, that you wish you could dispel? Well, the thing I wish I could dispel in general, even listening to several of these articles, is the uh, consistency or inconsistency in care. And I think uh, good medicine should be very consistent. I think excellence should be very consistent. And I think even with the study that Dr. Greenwood mentioned about the tolerance of pain in African-American patients, uh, as far as what the medical students thought, those are, those are room, you know, rumors, stereotypes. Those are things that some people think, but unfortunately, unfortunately the literature uh, does say that when patients come to the emergency room, their pain is not taken as seriously as others. But again, that's inconsistent care because if a patient presents with the same symptoms, they should be treated the same way. And I think the inconsistencies that uh, sometimes the healthcare system gives creates an atmosphere where excellent care is not provided. And I think those are things that if I could have a magic wand and change, I would I would wish that everyone would get the best care all the time. But how do we get there, Dr. Sims? I hear what you're saying, but, but I'm a black woman. I, I have had that experience myself where I feel like the, the complaints I've told my doctor weren't taken seriously. We saw that black female physician who said, who died from COVID who talked about not being taken serious, or at least her family said, you know, that she was complaining that the doctors, even for her as a physician, you know, weren't giving her the benefit of the doubt and listening to her complaints. Uh, I have relatives repeatedly say that when they complain of pain, they are dismissed, uh, that they've had to get two or three other people from their family to call the hospital, call the doctors. So this, these are real things. So even though that might've been a, a a study, you know, confined to those medical students at Virginia, I think most Black women that you talk to in particular can tell you that they've had a similar experience. How do we get past that? Because somehow that is a part of the treatment that Black women are getting from healthcare, you know, professionals across this country. And I think we need to consider reevaluating our, our training. I think it's, it's, it's hard to care for people that you don't care about. And, and I know that's a strong statement, but my point is uh, all of us should be practicing medicine to people that we care about. And I think that's something that we need to consider because we, we shouldn't have uh, trainees that have never worked in the community and never worked in a community that they're, they're going to now be a doctor in. I think, you, I think it needs to be some time that you spend in the community to allow you to deal with people that you're going to deal with. I, I don't think your first interaction with people should be as a physician. I think in your training, you need to deal with people on a day-to-day basis, on a common basis and get to know people. And I think a lot of that would help when it comes to our police force, when it comes to a lot of things. I think 
us being in a community and caring for people in the community will allow us to give people the extra that they need sometimes and deliver the excellent care that we need to do on a day-to-day -day basis. And I know you, you've said that the, the biggest thing you'd like to change in the system is consistency. You'd like there to be consistent uh, care provided to all patients and that medicine should be blind like justice. I totally agree with you. But have you seen any, you know, a specific uh, you know, action or comment or practice amongst doctors that, that you think, you know, is one of the things we need to eliminate uh, that, you know, you call it racist, you call it bias, uh, that, you know, really is impacting the way black mothers are treated. Well, I would say definitely uh, one example in particular is when I was uh, training uh, to be a pediatrician, uh, one day on rounds, the, 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 it was a 16-year-old mom taking care of a baby that had a chronic condition. And the, the, the conversation on rounds was that this mom lived in a crack house and that, you know, we, we should take the baby from the mother because the mother lives in a crack house. And that was that kept going every day. And then on about the third day, I raised the question of what defines a crack house? Could you please tell me what that is? And everyone was quiet on rounds. And then we, we started to just understand that the mom lived with her grandmother that was just in the what defined as the inner city. There was no crack house. The mother didn't live in a crack house. She wasn't, doing, but just digging a little deeper and understanding that, you know, let's find out more about this mother and what does she need? What can we help her with? Instead of trying to take the child from the mother, what can we do to support the mother with this child? And let's get to know what's actually going on. I think people have to care enough to dig a little deeper and care for people as though they're our own family members. And I think that's the consistency that I talk about. I think you should love what you do. I think if you're in healthcare and you don't love what you do, I think you should consider another uh, occupation. I think people shouldn't play with people's lives. I think things are too important uh, to dismiss and only give a certain care for people you like. I think medicine should be, I give the greatest care to everyone because you don't always know who you're dealing with. And, you know, there have been great people born into the world to, to families we wouldn't assume they would be born to. So we don't know who the next king or queen is. So we should care for patients as though, you know, all of them have the potential to be great. Wow, that, that's really well put, Dr. Sims. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, wow, that's powerful. I want to ask you now, though, about, uh, you know, survival rates. So Dr. Greenwood, when I asked the question, you know, what, what did they find in the study as it relates to why black babies did better when cared for black doctors? He said, well, the study didn't go that far, that they needed more research. But do you have any, you know, maybe not research-based uh, analysis, but just your own thoughts as a doctor who's been at this a long time, you know, what is it about the care of babies by black doctors that may be impacting uh, those numbers in Dr. Greenwood's study? Well, the, I would sort of step back and, and talk about the results of Dr. Greenwood's study. It seemed as though the care that Black doctors gave was the same as far as the white patients they took care of as well. So the discrepancy to me was that, again, the consistency was very consistent in the black doctors by this study, but inconsistent by, by other doctors. So uh, I would argue that 
part of what I would take from this is we need to dig deeper and say, what were the inconsistencies by other doctors? And, and what are the things that are occurring that we can step in and make interventions that could potentially save lives? It also pointed out that the more complicated the cases were, the mortality increased in a sense. And that, to me, just screams out more attention to detail. And these are things that I think, as I said earlier, uh, our level of attention shouldn't change based on who the baby is or who the baby is connected to. There should be, you know, great care regardless. I've had, I've had cases where, you know, the, the, the parent uh, even said that, you know, or at least someone heard them say that, you know, they had a problem with me because I was a black doctor. But that doesn't change my effort for his baby. I don't really care what the opinion is. I'm still going to give his baby the best care possible. But the question is, if the shoe is on the other foot, would someone do the same for someone else's child? So I just think we need to be, we need to, like I say, love what we do. The, the good thing about most baby doctors actually love babies. So I think we just need to challenge ourselves to be the doctors who we say we're supposed to be and do that on a day-to-day -day basis. I'm so glad, Dr. Sims, that you helped us understand the study. You gave us a whole different perspective on it. So you, you, your perspective is, is not that the black doctors were doing anything extraordinary. Correct. They were performing consistent pediatric care that you would expect. It, you know, it, it meets the standards of care. I'll go lawyer on you for a minute. The standards of care for a particular community. Those black doctors were doing that. But what it suggests is the non-African-American doctors perhaps weren't consistently providing that same level of care. And, we well, need and, to I, and I'm saying, and, and I'm going to be uh, like, I'm talking to a lawyer, I'm going to dodge that question. And I'm going to say, I think we need to learn what the, the black doctors did that was different. What Can we tease out what the details are? Because again, I like what Dr. Greenwood said, it's not an indictment on the medical community, but I think it, it needs to make us want to be better and make us want to be more accountable for uh, our actions because our actions have uh, uh, vital consequences. No, and that's a good way to look at it. And clearly it's not about indicting, but it is about asking the tough questions. Yes, ma'am. You know, part of the tough questions is there is systemic racism in the medical uh, profession. And a part of what we're trying to do now under this new administration is, is peel that onion back, you know, and peel back those layers and figure out how we start to get at, at some of those systemic issues. I want to ask you about that crack house comment. Uh, not surprised by that. People think anybody that lives in the inner city, they associated with drugs, they associated with crime. Often, if you haven't lived in, uh, you know, inner cities and, and you don't recognize the rich history and the, the beautiful people like my grandmother that live in those neighborhoods and, and like me as a kid growing up in one of those neighborhoods. Uh, but I want to ask you, have you seen from some of the younger, you know, white residents that maybe you've worked with in your own practice, that haven't had an opportunity to work outside of their own perhaps communities. They haven't worked with people of color, be it black, Latino, indigenous people. What is the thing that, that you've seen that maybe surprises those young uh, white interns or residents the most when they start working with mothers of color? Well, I think it's, I, I wouldn't really say surprises. I would say that, um, I think it's up to the doctors that are training the younger physicians 
to demand a certain level of care and teach by example of how to interact with patients properly. And I think that's my role. If, if I'm the at attending on service, I need to set an excellent example for my trainees of how to interact with people of all color. And so um, whether you grew up in a certain neighborhood or not, you know, do I have to have a premature baby to have sympathy for a mom that has a premature baby? I think we have to show and teach compassion. And we have to show that, again, as I mentioned, excellence is colorless. We should never think of good care as a color or not. And I forced the residents that I work with, I forced them to deal with all their parents, to talk to all their parents. And, and that doesn't change based on the parents' uh, color. And I think we have to get to know our parents to know who they are. Because if a parent doesn't come to see their baby, we can't say they're a bad mom if they have three kids at home and they're taking care of the family. But one phone call could help you understand who that parent is. And so I think constant communication is a must to get to know people. It's, it's I've worked with parents that I don't share the same background with, but we share the fact that I care for their child. And I think that's something that we can continue to teach our, our trainees. So I don't think people are as shocked, but you have to force them to deal with people properly. And I think that's the burden of the, the teacher to the student or to the trainee and force them to understand that excellence is non-negotiable. So let's talk about how that might be expanded under the Biden administration. We know that Joe Biden, President Joe Biden just signed an executive order yesterday on racial equity. Uh, and this order acknowledges that racism is systemic, a systemic issue. Uh, that requires a systemic approach. And when you think about you know, the medical profession, if you were advising Joe Biden on how to address the systemic issues of racism uh, around these black infant mortality rates, what are some of the policy changes that you think should happen at the federal level that could impact in a significant way uh, black infant mortality rates? Well, that would that would be a heavy responsibility, but I, I would be honored to work with uh, Joe Biden in the new administration. Uh, but I guess the advice that I would give is that there needs to be as many people at the table as possible with diverse ideas and diverse backgrounds, because it's it's something to assume that what you're doing is going to answer the problem versus getting people at the table who deal with the problem. So I guess I, my first thing would be have a collective consortium of people who are actually in the fight and things that can, can help make this better. There are only about 5% of doctors are African-American. I think those numbers, the, the pipeline to increase students of diverse backgrounds, I think those things need to increase. I think this has to be a phased approach on multiple levels. I don't think it's a one size fits all. I think we'll have to do it from uh, educating high school, college students, medical students, uh, trainees, and, and and other things, and and really, you know, how do you how do you teach people to think differently? I think some of the recent events in the country shows us that you know some mentalities have not gone away; they're still persistent, and you won't wipe them away. But I think you have to hold people accountable 
and not reward foolish behavior. I think if you're not performing to the ability that you're supposed to be performing for all people, I think you don't need to be rewarded with funding and other things. I think you need to be held accountable for all of your actions when it comes to the general public if you're getting general funding. Well, on that note, uh, I want to thank you, uh, Dr. Sims. What I heard you say is inclusion and that, you know, the, the, we're going to solve this problem by bringing people who are in the fight to the table. I love that. I, I love the concept of people who have boots on the ground being a part of the solution, not just the, the folks who work in academia, not just the folks you know, who work at big think, think tanks, but people who are really dealing with these problems on a day-to-day -day basis and, and uh, absolutely big fan of accountability. So I, I couldn't agree with you more uh, about you know, setting what the standards are, what the expectations are, and then holding people to account uh, when they either uh, meet the expectations, rewarding them, but when they fail to meet those expectations, uh, not rewarding them for bad behavior. Uh, again, thank you, uh, Dr. Sims. Great work you're thank doing. You. Uh, can't thank you enough for being a, a bright light and helping us understand what's happening with Black infant mortality. If we say we love Black people and Black Lives Matter, it has to start with Black babies. Sure. Uh, so again, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you. Thanks for joining me for this episode of The Special Report. Please take a moment to share, subscribe, and rate this podcast. I always want to hear your thoughts. You can share your comments with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn by following at Ariva Martin. Thanks and be safe out there.